Oh, I didn't have any big plans for the day. Had some paperwork to do. Thought I might take. He thought he might take part of the afternoon off. Even. It's been kind of a slow day, slow week even. But then, right about nine thirty in the morning, all his phone rang. The woman on the other side of the phone was hard to understand. It wasn't that she had an accent or wasn't speaking clearly, but she just wasn't explaining her situation very well at all. Something about a break-in at her house, but there's also a rental house. And I was having a lot of trouble following what she was saying. And then moving through the call, on his phone rang again. She said, all right, I'm going to put her on hold. Give her a second to collect her thoughts while I take this other call. The other call, though, was just as bad. It was a guy this time, but he was just taking a long time to get to the point. And I kept on trying to ask him what was actually wrong. And he just kept on describing and describing and describing and describing. He talked about his house and who he was and how long he'd lived in the house. And he just was not getting around to what actual like crime or mystery is going on. He just was rambling and rambling. I think it took forever. So all I said I had to say, hold on a second, I need to, I'll, I'll be right back with you. And he went back on the other call. And now she was mad from being kept on hold for so long. And she still wasn't making any sense, and she wasn't answering any Paul's questions. And eventually she just said, ma'am, I'm sorry, I, I don't think I can help you. And he hung up, went back to the dude. And now the dude was annoyed from being on hold. But he didn't stay annoyed very long because he started rambling you know, going right back into his long, rambling thing. And I could not get him to answer much of a straight question either. And then, after he'd been on the phone with, I felt like, 45 minutes with this guy, his phone rang again. It was somebody else. And this person was unclear. And I was like, I don't know what on earth is going on here. And then it got even weirder because it kept happening. All morning long, all I felt like. He was on two different calls with people that could not clearly express what they were needing his help with. So stop. It's not okay to lie to me like that. Steady. Around 11.30, Ollie just, and he hadn't gotten anywhere with any of them. One person gave him a number he could call back. He was trying to take notes, but none of these people were making any sense. Ollie just had to take a break. So at like 11.45, he spent basically his whole morning on these stupid calls. None of them making any sense. Ollie told both of the people, look, I'm sorry. Please call me back in an hour. There's nothing else I have to do right now. He hung up the phone, he turned the phone off. He's like, oh, what was that? He looked at the time, he's like, geez, it really was all morning. 
poured herself a cup of coffee. I have to think. What on earth was that about? What? It seemed... He couldn't see any connection between the people that had called, between what this, they were saying. And they were all coming from different numbers. All local numbers, but all, all, number, all different numbers. But it just seemed too weird. Like, he does not get that many calls. He gets some calls like that, you know, where people don't really know what they want. But not over and over again, all morning long with a bunch of different people. Look at his notes, and he'd been on the phone with six different people, none of whom made any sense, really. Got a lot of thinking. That's weird. That's weirder than normal. That's, that's, something's up. So he got his apartment phone, which he does not give out. And he called a friend of his at the FBI. This guy, Chet. I said, Chet, I need some help with some reverse number search. Can you, do you got a few minutes to help me out? And Chet said, yeah, sure, sure, I owe you one. You know, what's going on? So I'm trying to, I need any information you can give me about these six phone numbers. And I read out the phone numbers, gave him the names that people had given. And Chet said, all right, yeah, give me like 15 minutes, I'll call you back. Um, you didn't call me from your cell phone, though. You called me from a different number. I said, yeah, call that number back. But don't write it down. It's not a number you can use normally. I mean, some weird things going on with my phone. Chet said, all right, sure, sure. So 15 minutes later, Chet called back. I said, all right, I've got some information for you for sure. Something, something fishy is going on here. I said, oh? I said, yeah, these are all burner phones. I said, burner phones? Yeah, yeah, these are all prepaid phones, you can just get them, and they've got the number, and they've got a certain amount of minutes on them, and they work, you know, right as soon as you open up, you don't have to, like, there's no contract. So people use these for legitimate reasons, but they also use them when they're doing illegal stuff that they don't want to be traced. And here's the thing, they're all from the same service provider. They're all just in a row, like six right off the assembly line right next to each other. Something fishy is going on here, Elsa. And none of those names that you gave me checked out. I didn't find any listings for any of those people. I mean, one of them was a Chad Smith. And so there was a couple of Chad Smiths. But none of them with any connection to this phone number. Something's going on, Elsa. Something, someone's doing something to you. I said, huh. Are you able to get any information about where the phones were purchased? She said, yeah. I can tell you. I can tell you exactly. And there's a cell phone store that's over kind of on a... Yeah, yeah, they're all from this one mobile store. Uh, here's the address. And it was up uh, kind, of, kind of in Timonium, roughly. Just a random cell phone store. I said, okay, anything else you can tell me? You know, give me a, well, maybe I'll call you back in a little bit. Um... And see if you have any more information, if anything else occurs to you. And Chet said, okay, yeah, I mean, I've got, I got to get back to my, you know, regular caseload stuff, so I'm not going to have a whole lot more time to look at this, but I'll, I'll take a little, quick look and um, see if I notice anything. Good luck. 
I mean, everything, you know, big crops up that, you know, you need official intervention for. I said, sure, sure, we'll do. So he headed up to this store. And yeah, it was just a random cell phone store. There's a, you know, her dime a dozen. And he went and said, hi, I'm Ollie the Octopus. I'm a private investigator. I'm investigating somebody that seems to be making, doing some kind of prank against me. I said, oh, okay, that's no good. Um, well, I might be able to help you. What, what do you need to know? Well, it looks like somebody very recently bought six or more of these these burner phones, and all I had the model numbers and even the serial numbers. And I need to know who bought them all because I think they might be involved in some criminal activity. I said, oh, unfortunately, that's not something that I can do without a warrant uh, because that's private, you know, customer information. Um, yes, I can't just turn that over to you. I mean, I believe that you're a private eye, but you're not a police officer with a warrant. So unfortunately, I can't give you that. I said, all right, all right. Uh, tell you what, I need to burn her phone, though. It's better blowing up my phone every time I turn it on. I said, okay, you can do that, but you can also, if it's just six numbers, why don't you just block those six calls? I said, oh, that's a good idea. It's a really good idea, thank you. So I turned his phone back on. Almost immediately it started ringing. And all you, it took him a few minutes to get the six numbers blocked because they were just kept on calling. So, you know, he'd be doing something on the screen with the phone and then it would, you know, start doing the call thing and it'd pop up. And, but after a few minutes, he got it all, got them all blocked and the phone quieted down. And I said, so, so you don't remember anybody that came in? And the guy said, I, look, I do remember there was a tall, really, really, really pale guy with dark, dark eyes, almost black. Um, and I'm only telling you this because I'm going to expect a favor in return sometime. I'm going to need some help with, we get some weird things coming in here. So I'm expecting that, you know, when I call you, you're going to help me since I helped you. I was surprised. People don't usually go directly for the tit for tat like that, but he was up for it. I said, sure, you know, yeah. Anything else you can tell me for that kind of uh, executive service? Like I said, uh, no, only that it wasn't somebody that I recognized. You know, I've got some people that are probably involved in organized crime that come and get a bunch of burner phones, you know, regularly, but this wasn't anybody that I knew. And he was such a weird-looking dude that I feel like I would have recognized him. I said, yeah, I know what you mean. In fact, I think I know who that was. So all he left was a really tall, pale guy with dark eyes, almost black. That was a description of one of Ollie's nemesis, a regular jewel thief who came through town now and then. Ollie had fooled him a couple different times, but never fully caught him, never got him arrested. I thought, so why... Is he just hassling me? Then I had an idea. He called Chet. I said, Chet. I said, yeah. First of all, anything else occur to you? 
Chit said, yeah. Yeah, it occurred to me that I could probably track where the calls are coming from. Oh, I said, ah, brilliant. That's just what I was thinking about, too. Said, oh, yeah, okay. Well, um, yeah, I can get it. I can narrow it down for you within about a block. And there's not a whole lot of buildings on that block. So, um, so yeah, they seem to be all coming from this one address. And I gave him the address. The address. And it was this house. Not a nice house, but kind of out there in the county. Oh, he made his way over there. It was just a regular house. Kind of small, but on a big lot. And there was a for rent sign in the front window. Oh, I thought that was strange. He looked inside. And there he saw six people sitting around a conference table having some kind of meeting. They all had phones. And every now and then one of them would pick the phone up and make a call. So that at any given time, one of them was basically always on the phone. I said, these have got to be my people. But he didn't see the tall, pale guy with the dark eyes. Well, I tried the front door, and it was unlocked. They were on the other side of the house, so I just let himself right in, very quietly. He snuck over to the room where they were sitting on the table, and he listened. I said, I don't know, man. I mean, we're being paid by the hour, so I don't really care, but it's not working. He hasn't picked up in like a couple hours. I said, I know. I, I mean, I don't even get what the point of all this is. It's very elaborate if he's just trying to hassle this, hassle this guy. And one said, well, you know, I mean, sometimes these rich people, man, they like to play these pranks on each other. You know, whatever. It's on, on it's, well, I think it's on us to work anyway. I said, but it's weird, right? It's weird. It's a weird way to spend our day. I said, sure, it's weird, but, you know, it's a paycheck, and, you know, it's not like being a struggling actor normally pays well, and he's paying pretty well. He's paying for all six of us. So I think, I think Brad's right. I think he's just some loaded guy playing a trick on one of his loaded friends. And I piped up. I said, well, I'm not exactly loaded. Ah, and they all jumped. I said, well, who are you? How'd you get in here? I said, I'm all the octopus. I'm the guy you've been calling over and over and over again, pretending to be all these different people. So you're all actors, huh? I said, uh, 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 yeah. We're all actors. Sorry, we didn't, wasn't anything personal. We were just hired to do this. I said, no, no, that's fine. I don't hold it against you personally, but I need you to tell me. Who hired you? I said, oh, we... He was very clear that we were not to tell anybody anything about him. <clears throat> I shouldn't have even told you it was a him. I said, that's okay. I have a pretty good idea who it is, but I need you to conf confirm something. I need you to confirm it. I said, no, sorry, we're really not <clears throat> going to do that. It's that. If we confirm it, we won't get paid. I can understand. How much is he paying you? It's $45 an hour for a full day. I'll take a deep breath. Well, I can't buy out your contract. It's too rich for my blood. 
Then he looked at one of them, and they're kind of trying to stay quiet in the conversation. His head down, looking at his phone. Kind of pulled his hat over. I walked over. And looked at the guy. He had a beard, but I only imagined him without a beard and said, Oh. Neil Jenkins. The guy said, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know who that is. I said, Neil. It's a good beard, but I know who you are. I don't know what you're talking about. It's crazy talk. My name is uh Sam. Said, Neil, can I talk with you privately in the kitchen? Sure. Then they went <clears throat> together in the kitchen. And I said, Neil, you're on probation. I said, I know I'm on probation. I said, Neil, you know what's going on here. This is some kind of criminal thing. You're getting in any way involved in something criminal is a violation of your probation. I said, yeah, I know, but I needed the money. Well, I said, you're going to go back to jail if the police find out that you're involved. Neil said, yeah, maybe they don't have to. I said, all right, now we're talking. It's the pale man. I said, all right, what's he here doing? There's a big shipment coming through the jewelry exchange downtown. He hired all of us to keep you busy, keep you distracted. He even knew that you'd find us here. That that you'd track us down. He was just trying to slow you down. I think the heist's already going on. I think you might be too late. I think it worked. Please let me get out of here. I really don't want to go back to jail, Ollie. I said, alright. Get on out of here. Tell your friends they can go too. And Neil told him, he said, no, we're going to sit here and make calls the whole day. We want to get paid. I don't know what Neil told you, but we're doing our job. We're getting paid. Oh, he didn't care, though. He rushed out, rushed down to the jewelry exchange. At that point, he did call the uh, his federal agent friend. The Chet, it's a large-scale jewel heist. It's the pale man. The whole phone thing was just to keep me busy, to keep me distracted. I need a police escort. We need to get down there right away. I don't think we have much time. But all right, we'll have somebody there right now. You just wait. Indeed, if maybe four minutes later, a police car, a car came screaming around the corner. It stopped in front, and the door came open. You all the octopus, I assume. I said, yeah. All right, get in. I sped off. It was actually a sheriff car. They sped to the jewelry exchange, which is downtown. Right as I sped up, they saw two cars leaving. I said, I think we should follow them. Maybe one of your officers, backup officers, can come check in at the jewelry exchange. I think those are our thieves. And the guy radiated in. And they followed it. First, the cars weren't doing anything. You know, they're just driving normal. But then they started to notice that they had a tail. They started to notice that there was a cop car following them, a sheriff's car. So then they started to drive faster. They tried to lose the sheriff, making a bunch of turns. 
But the sheriff was good. He didn't get this job by accident. They got to 83 and they started tearing up the highway at the gas. And so the sheriff put the sirens on, called for backup. Well, pretty soon. The two cars were pulled over. There were two sheriff cars and three Baltimore City police cars and the whole nine yards. And I'm all surrounded. And the pale man was out of the car on the ground. The police came and they opened up the trunk and it was full of stolen jewels. When things were all settled down, Ollie came out of the cop car and walked up to the where the pale man was there getting handcuffed. He was that's why he was handcuffed and sitting on the ground. I said, Well, it's a good play. Unfortunately for you, I was just a little too fast. Pale man said, Yeah. Yeah, you pulled a fast one on me, Ollie. I um I think you got me this time. I said, yeah, I don't see how you're getting out of this one. Pittman said, well, you know, you can't win all of them. Then I walked away and got into the cop car. And that was the case of Ollie and the annoying phone calls.